Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Good morning. It's great to be speaking again. Um, when I was asked to, uh, to speak on Colossians 4, um, I, I read it and I didn't actually get much from it at first. Um, but then a night or two later, I woke up in the middle of the night uh, about three o'clock in the morning and I have what I call a download. And for the next hour, I was just downloading what I'm about to give you now. And I put it onto my phone and, uh, and then went back to sleep. And it's basically stayed in that form for all the time. But I've been, you know, adding little bits to it and tweaking it and stuff like that. Um, And I felt that what God has given me to give to you this morning has the potential to improve your health. Now, I know that as soon as I say that, you think of physical health. Well, there is an angle to that. But I believe that if you will take on board what God wants to say to you this morning, if you'll take it on board and you'll embrace it and you'll seed it into your, into your, your spirit, that you will become healthier in your mind, in your soul. That this word that God wants to give to you is something which will not only bring truth to you, but it has the ability to change you, to change your thinking. And in changing your thinking, I believe that it will affect your physical presence as well. It can affect your your body. That's how powerful I believe the word of God is. Amen? Good. That's great. In that case, then, that'd be good for this next bit, because I'd like you to pray with me. I'd like you to pray, and and you, you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what he wants to reveal to you this morning into your heart, okay, to take root in your heart. So whatever you... Whatever you are planning to do for the next 30 minutes, okay, let's change it. And let's say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you these 30 minutes. I'm going to give you these 30 minutes to speak into my heart, to speak truth into me, and to bring the change that you want to bring into my life. So let's just, let's just pray now. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite you to come. We know that you want to speak to us. We know that you're speaking all the time. But we invite you right now to speak truth into my heart. So this is where I want you to say it yourself. Holy Spirit, speak to my heart this morning. Restore my soul. Speak truth into me this morning. Reveal the path that you've got for me. In Jesus' name, amen. I felt... God just gave me something just before I came up, and um, my dear, my, my sister in green, hi there, yes, I felt God gave me a word for you, all right? I just felt he, he said that you, you're coming out of the shadows. He said, you're, you're going to come out of the shadows into the mainstream, and, and I had this picture of a, of a bottle that had been shaken, and the cork was on the bottle, and I feel that there's... There's a pent-upness in you, but it's, it's a godly pent-upness. And I believe that God is going to re- break the cork and he's going to bring, bring this out. I also felt that he gave me the picture of Ruth in the Bible 
where she was gleaning for wheat on the edge of the field. And Boaz took kindness on her. And do you remember, Boaz sort of said, leave more on the sides because she's coming. She's coming, leave more. I feel God's grace is on you and his favor is on you that he is wanting you to glean more. And I believe he's stirring your heart for things that he intends for you to do. Now, I, I don't know exactly what that is. I mean, it could, you know, it could be writing. You know, it, it could be some way in which you are going to bring a group together. I don't know exactly what that is. But God is bringing you into an area where you are going to know more of his favor, more of that wheat that's going to be available. But also, in the Ruth story, Boaz eventually becomes a husband. And what I feel is that God is saying, I'm going to bring you to a place of prominence. God's going, to, God's going to open up doors for you. He's going to take you from the sidelines and bring you into a, an arena so that you will have greater visibility, that you'll be seen. You'll be seen by many. And I feel that God's going to be giving you a word. He's going to be giving you something that he, he has planted within you, and it's going to grow, and he wants you to share that. So just hold on to that, okay? My brother here. You passed me just a moment ago as you were... T- Have you taken the kids out with you or something? Yes. You came past me and I felt God said, there's my lion. <laughs> there's my lion. And I felt, well, God, you've got to give me a bit more than that. And I just felt him say to me, well, the attributes that Samson had, the tenacity that Samson had, the boldness that Samson had, that God is putting that spirit on you, that you're going to be his lion, that you're going to be the man who's going to stand in the middle of the path and say, you shall not pass. You know, in that Geldof situation. You will not pass. You're the lion. You're, the, you're going to be the fearless one. And I feel that God is going to give you situations where timidity will go from you and you will have a boldness, a godly boldness like Samson had. And I believe in that context, God wants you to, to spend time with him to find out what it is, where you're going to draw your strength from. There's something, it may be that it's reading, you know, reading books. It may be that there's particular preachers who are going to minister to you so that you will get your strength, you know what I mean? That, that you will open up truth to you, so that you'll be more open to what God wants to say to you. And he will show you the paths where you're going to stand. I believe that it's going to be thing, things that involve people around you, that you know, you're going to make a public stand. You're going to be God's lion for, for what he says for you to do. Okay, there we go. Hang on to that one. All right, okay. I put a, I put a slide up here. It said, where are you going? Where are you going with your life? Jesus, in his ministry, said, I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. And if you know who you are, and you know where you are going, you are a formidable force. It's when we're confused about it. It's when we're not too sure who we are. We're not too sure where we're going. That's when the enemy can get us, and he can pin us down, and he can knock us out of the race. And I feel that God wants to encourage you this morning that he wants to reveal to you more of his purpose for your life. Because if you can get hold of this big question, if you can get an answer to this big question, where am I, who am I and where am I going? As I said, it will give you clarity in the purpose of your life and it will also give you a clarity in your mind as well. It will give you a peace in your mind. It will give you a settledness in your mind. We have a battle going on. There's no doubt about it in the world. There's, um, I mean, on the Alpha course, their mind was blown when we did the, 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 um, the session on how do I resist evil. 
On my table, we had people who had just become Christians, just newly become Christians. And there were, there were others who had been Christians for a while. And really, it opened up this whole thing, gosh, there is good and evil. There is good and evil. There's good and bad. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. Because up until then, we've been talking an awful lot about the goodness of God. But we have a battle going on, and we can become susceptible to the world, the flesh, the devil, and we want to be very wary and wise. And Paul, in Colossians, wants to address that situation. He wants his listeners to be wise as to what's going on. But he also wants them to do the opposite, and that is to not be fearful, but to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Know what the truth is in the Bible. And hold on to the truth and feed yourself with that. We live in a very fast world. It's a very instant world. We want things instantly now. You know, we're not being patient. But we have, to, we have to be patient. In God, we have to be patient. He doesn't instantly answer our prayers. He does sometimes. But more often than not, it's a process that we have to go through. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible? It's 1 Timothy 3.16. I'll just check that I got that right. Uh, sorry, I've lost it. Yeah, 1 Timothy. It's in 1 Timothy 3.16. And it says, do not squeeze yourself into the world's mold. I beg your pardon. It's Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not squeeze yourself into the world's mold. Do not let the world mold you into the way that it thinks. But instead be trans. Formed. Good, got a few of you on board. Got a few of you on board. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. And that's the battleground. And that's what Paul was wanting to address. I went to Tesco's yesterday to get a few supplies, and there was a shelf that said toilet rolls. In fact, there was about four long shelves that said Toilet rolls. I meant to take a picture of it. Do you know what? It was empty. Completely empty. Toilet rolls. There's an art. Apparently, there is something going on around the world where people are fighting over toilet rolls. And so, if you go into supermarkets, you'll find that toilet, toilet rolls are going, hand cleaners are going, and I found pasta. Pasta is going. There was an article which I just read last night um, by a psychologist, and it said that what is happening here is that people are giving in to fear, and they're holding on to something which can give them control. And so they, they're saying, and it, it focuses on some object, and it's toilet paper. <laughs> it's become toilet paper that people feel it doesn't perish, and it takes away germs. And so, and so toilet paper has become the symbol of the fear that there is. And I was interested in the article because it said at the end, what people need to do is have their mind changed and get a balance here. And, and, and this is what the Colossians is all about. Okay? Let's, let's have a look at Colossians. Anyway, part of it. Okay. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful and pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may pro proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, 
seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. We will need to give an answer to people as to why we feel calm in the situation that we have at the moment. And it's because we believe the Bible. We believe that God is in control, that God has the last say, that God guides our lives, that God will lead us into all truth, that we do not have to give in to panic. And this is what Paul was having in Colossians. And this was why, when I came to the last chapter, I was thinking, this is where he's kind of wrapping it up a bit, really. And if you went through Colossians, there was a theme going through it. Um, Epaphras was a minister of Colossae. He'd come to Paul in Ephesus, and he'd said, we've got a problem at Colossae. Colossae is a church which is just on the edge of Asia. It was the entrance into Asia. It's where the gospel was going to go into Asia, and it was becoming corrupted. Now, Paul had never been to Colossae, but this lead elder had come to him and said, you know, people are really good. They're, they're lovely people. They, 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 they love Jesus. But there is this false teaching which has come in. Um, one form was Gnosticism. And Gnosticism was a very confused um, uh, thought process. And basically, if you were to look into it, what it basically does is it tries to separate man and God. It tries to make out that God is so superior, so far, he can't possibly be involved with you. And also creation. It removes the sovereignty of God in creation. It removes the deity of God in creation. And it just says that, that that's nothing to do with God. So therefore, we have to sort it out here on earth until we can get to heaven and be with God because we're so impure, the world is so impure. And in so doing, what it was, that it was robbing the Christians of their identity in Christ. It was robbing them of the supremacy of Jesus. And that's why we stood up the other Sunday and we had Richard. He got us to stand up and to read from Colossians 1, wasn't it? He is the invisible one. He's, you know, those wonderful decorations. Because Paul was, was, was saying, right, this is the truth. This is what we've got to present. You know, feed yourself with this, not on what he called the doctrine of demons. He says, feed yourself on the truth. And he says, and proclaim the, the truth clearly. That's why I've highlighted some of the words here. Because some of the words I've highlighted here, I will cover as I'm, as I'm just you know, talking to you now. So we need to be able to be clear about what the truth is. Instead of feeding ourselves, we complain a lot. We're in a world that complains a lot. And we feed ourselves with negative things. We, we, we need to avoid that, okay? Because ask yourself the question, what seeds am I putting into my soul? What am I feeding my soul with? Am I feeding my soul with fear and untruth and unbiblical things? Or am I feeding it with God's truth, with God's love for me? Am I feeding my soul with what's good and what will grow well? I've been challenged over the last couple of years on this whole topic of what I'm feeding myself with. See, my spirit, when you're born again, your spirit is alive. You're not born with a sub-conditioned uh, spirit. You're, you're, you are born again completely, utterly. Everything that you need is in you, right? Your spirit, man, is complete. 
what is is that our, our soul, our, our earthly man, we're the ones, we battle it through in our mind. Jesus, when he died for you, didn't die for you so that you could have just a bit of his spirit. He didn't sort of say, well, I'll give a little bit of spirit to you, and I'll give more spirit to you. Do you mean, oh, and the elders, I'll give them loads of my spirit. Do you know what I mean? You, we all have the same portion of his spirit. The same portion. So when you first become a Christian, you have the same portion of the spirit that you have when you've been a Christian for 40 years, like me. We have the same portion of the spirit. The difference is, how am I working with the spirit in my life? And Paul was saying to the Colossians, work with the Spirit. Work with the Spirit. Let's acknowledge unbelief that's coming in. Let's work with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. <clears throat> Let's pray with intellect. <clears throat> that's you know, reading the Gospels, reading the Scriptures. <clears throat> Let's pray with intellect, but also pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, and you speak in tongues, you pray in the Spirit, you sing in the Spirit, you are, you are, it's your Spirit that's praying. It's God's spirit in you praying. That's why I love speaking in tongues. And that's why Fran and I speak in tongues. When we get in the car and we drive down the road, we speak in tongues. When we wake up in the morning, we speak in tongues. Before we come here, we speak in tongues. If there's a problem with something, we speak in tongues. Because it's our spirit speaking. And in so doing, stirs our flesh and stirs our mind. So we're sort of saying, yes, yes. Yes, I'm getting something. I'm getting something here. So that's why we want to be engaged with the Holy Spirit. We definitely live in a Colossians age. <clears throat> the problems that Paul had in Colossae, we have here. Okay, There is an attack on us, and we've got to learn from the lessons of Colossae, the letter of Colossians, as to what it is. I've just highlighted four here for us just to, just to have a little think about. There is a spirit that is affecting us of individualism. And it's crept up on us. It's crept up on us mainly through social media. But it's this whole thing of you are in charge of your destiny. I am my own man. I'm my own woman. I make my decisions. It's my body, my decisions. And, we, and what happens there is like Gnosticism, we push God away. We push God away and sort of say, God's not involved in my life. I've got to sort this out. I've got to sort this out. I've got to protect myself. Okay? And so we have loads and loads of courses that you can buy everywhere about how to self-improve yourself and, and all, all of this. Um, here's the deception, is that a lot of the stuff that they use on self-promoting um, your self-development are actually biblical truths. But they're twisting it for the, for, for, for the world instead of for God. And so they've got hold of something. And we need to come back. We need to come back to God's word. There is a battleground in the whole area of the abortion. I heard a statistic. It came from um, Premier News, the Christian channel. And it's saying that there's an article just come out. And it says, I couldn't believe this. It said that... 25% of births are aborted. I never realized that it was this high. And apparently that is the statistic now. Now, why is this important? You say, well, why is this important? Surely, you know, you know, I know it's a contentious issue, 
But what happens is, is it takes away from the sovereignty of God in creation. Creation is God-given. Life is God-given. The Bible says, fearfully and wonderfully, I was formed in my mother's womb. And God says, and he, he said it to Isaiah, he says, I was watching you when you were being formed in your mother's womb. I called you when you were in your mother's womb. And so there was a calling on your life when you were even being formed in your mother's womb. And to take that away, to take, you know, to take that away from your mind is sort of saying, right, God's not involved in this. It's up to us. We make the decisions. Okay? Now, I know it's a contentious issue, but it is an issue, nevertheless, that we're having to deal with and we're having to sort out. And then there's another thing. There is another wave of problem that we have, and that is about identity. There is an attack on our identity. So much so that we've strayed away from the Bible. The Bible was very clear that we're made man and woman. But now we have all kinds of gender that are coming in. And, and it's affecting us so much. We have to come back to the Bible. We have to come back to the Bible on it. Because you get people sort of saying, I'm a unicorn. And they set up a website to say, I'm a unicorn. And they want people to believe that they are, you know? Um, and all kinds of other permutations of that. Identity has become under attack. <clears throat> we have an identity in Christ. And if you can get hold of your identity in Christ, and I'm going to come on to something in a moment, which I really want you to get a hold of, if you can get a hold of your identity in Christ, that will get rid of this all this unbelief. And not only that, it will give you purpose, and it will give you direction, it will open you, open you up more to what God is saying to you. There's fear. We have fear in the world now. A great fear which will manipulate the way that we're thinking. The Bible is the absolute truth. Right? Get this deep into you. There are so many thoughts you can have, but the Bible is the absolute truth. It is the absolute. It's where the buck stops. If you want the answer to anything, come back to the Bible. What does the Bible say it's the absolute truth. If you veer away from that, you open yourself up to deception. You open yourself up to all kinds of wrong teaching. The Bible is the absolute. And we need to stand firmly on it. And we need to pray the truth of the Bible into ourselves. Fran and I did a sermon uh, a couple of months ago um, about declarations. I don't know whether, whether you were here for that. The power of declaring the word. And so Fran and I have got sheets and sheets and sheets and sheets of declarations on different topics and what we've done is we've taken scripture and we have made the scriptures personal. You know, so, you know, I, I am in Christ. I do have all things in Christ. I thank you that I'm a new creation. And I thank you that I'm no longer in condemnation. And so we are feeding ourselves on truth. And we're making it personal, not just the corporate. You know, oh, yeah, I know, I know, this, I know this Bible verse. Lovely verse. And, you know, and I've got this lovely verse as well. No, personal to you. That's why you, we declare them out. Social media is trying, social media is veering us off on, on a different path. Social media is producing its own thinking for you, okay? Even to the point where you will pose with your, lip, with your cheeks sucked in to try and, it, the, social media is, it's, it's manipulating. We've got to get control of it. Maybe you need to fast from it for a while, okay? Perhaps, perhaps you know, maybe you need to watch what, you've, what you're seeing on social media, okay? Because all scripture, this was the verse I wanted, wasn't it? 1 Timothy 3, 16. 
All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And so that means that those words that you read from the Bible are God speaking to you. It spoke to our brothers and sisters thousands of years ago, and it speaks today to you and me with the same power because we have the same spirit who has inspired it and the same spirit who interpreted it to the early Christians, interpreted it to us now. So we have the same portion. We have the same ability to know the truth. That's why at this church we're seeking God's presence. That's why we are saying we're looking for more of the Holy Spirit. We're looking to give room for the Holy Spirit because we want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing and leading us and pointing us. And also something else that's important to us at this time, and that is declaring testimonies. That's why testimonies are so important. And that's why as Gateway Church, we need to keep pressing in on this because I think we're losing it. And I think we need to, to get it back again. Testimonies is declaring thankfulness to God. When you give a testimony, you're thanking God for something that he has done. It's extremely powerful. The enemy hates it, but it, it lifts our spirit, it lifts our soul, and it does damage to the kingdom of darkness. He can't stand it when there's testimonies. So that might be something that you need to think about, is am I giving testimonies? Am I talking to people around me about what God is doing for me, what God has given me? Am I thankful? Do I... Do I send a text to my friend saying, God's been really good to me. He's given me a car this week. Do you mean? God, God's done this. Because that's testimony, okay? And it's cultivating a thankful heart. Because that's what we need to do. We need to build a thankful heart. So testimonies, declarations, and also the prophetic, right? We need to, you know, long for more of the prophetic. Long for more of words over our lives, Go, go to places where you know the Spirit of God is speaking through, through people or through churches, you know, because we need to be hearing a, a now word from God to keep us going because we're so easily distracted by the media, by social media. Okay, here's some of the ways that you can help yourself to develop this because what I'm asking you to do or what I'm exhorting you to do this morning is to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Go on a course, right? Go on God's course to change your thinking. And here's what you can do. Declare truth. As I said, declare truth. Declarations. Giving testimonies. Praise God for who he is. Constantly be praising God. Thanking him for who he is. When you walk out of the house in the morning, thank you for this day. Thank you. Thank you for my car. Thank you for the greenness of the grass. Do you know what I mean? You feed yourself with it. You feed yourself with it. Your soul will say, oh, daft, you don't want to do that. But your spirit says, no, this is good. This is what I've told you to do. Okay? Thank God for everything that is good. Now, notice I said good, because there are things that happen in the world which are not good. Okay? So, so, but we thank God for everything that is good. And we're constantly thanking him for what is good. So we thank God for, as I said, for all the things that are around us. Thank, thank people who live with you. And say, thank, I thank you, God, for, for my wife. I thank you, God, for my kids. I, th I thank you, Lord, for my neighbors. I thank you for, for the people who have helped me here. I thank you for those who have served me in the shop. And encourage people. Because when you encourage people, you are thanking. You are thanking and you're cultivating it. And that's something else I feel that Gateway 
we need to build more and more of an encouragement, a, a, a culture of encouragement, to say thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. That was really good. That was well done, because that's honouring to them. It's honouring to God. Okay, thank the Holy Spirit for His presence, and keep asking for His presence. Thank the Holy Spirit when He reveals something to you, and when He and uh, and when He shows you something you should be asking for. Paul did this in the end of Colossians. I'm not going to read it. But at the end of Colossians, he just thanks people for all that they've been doing. He thanks them for their work. Thanks them for their work in Christ. Now, it says here, the glorious mystery. What does it say? Oh, can you put it back, please, just for a second? Yeah, it says, to proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. So Paul was in chains for this great mystery. What is this great mystery? This is what I really want you to grasp this morning. Okay? Thank you, um, Tim. Okay, the gospel, reve- the, mystery, the gospel mystery revealed, Colossians 1.19, God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in Christ. God, in his fullness, was in Christ. There's a scene in the Disney film, um, has to be the Disney film for this one, okay, where the, the um, genie is describing himself, and he sort of says, I'm one of immense power, he said in an insy-wincy space. And it's like that. God, in his fullness, in his fullness, is in Christ. Everything about God is in Christ. And it was pleased God to, to, to do that. But where is Christ? Where is Christ? Well, a few verses on, it says, Christ lives in you. That's why I'm coming back to what I said at the, the, the beginning. You, we all have the same portion. We all have everything that we need for life and godliness because Christ, in his fullness, is in you. He hasn't come in and sort of said, I'm only going to give you 1%. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it depends how you do today as to how much of me is in you. No, all of him is in you. We have the ability to do great, great things if we can just grab hold of this truth. That Christ is, is in you. I love the version that the, the um, uh, Message Bible does. The mystery, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know his rich and glorious secret, inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The, the mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. Christ in, is in you. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That's the substance of our message. So that's what Paul wanted Colossians to get hold of. Jesus lives in you in his fullness. And what we are learning to do is we're learning to work with the spirit of Jesus in us to transform our thinking and in so doing, transform what, what we do. There's another verse that, that I've, I've lived with since I was an early Christian. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in Jesus who gave his life for me. Jesus lives in you. Do you know that wherever you go, Jesus goes there as well? I've got, I, I have some difficult places that I have to do in, in my job at the moment. I have to go into some difficult places. And I felt God say, you're taking me into this place. 
And so now, whenever I go in, into these places now, I'm praying. I'm praying in tongues and, and, you know, quietly to myself. And if I have an opportunity, I raise my hand and I say, I declare Jesus' presence over this place. I declare Jesus' presence over these people. You know, whenever I have an opportunity, I take the opportunity and I bring the presence of Jesus. So you have Jesus living in you. So take the opportunity of bringing Jesus into situations. Jesus will speak through you. Jesus will speak through you. You can go to somebody and you can be kind to them and you're serving Jesus to them and you can speak things to them and you're speaking Jesus to them. It's how Jesus would speak to them. If you spend time with him, he will tell you what to say and what to do. This is dynamic stuff, isn't it? This is dynamic stuff. This will transform you. This will transform your mind if you can do some of these exercises. Right, I'll rattle through them and then we're coming to a close now. Application. Here's a blueprint for prayer. Pray and pr- and praise and thanksgiving. How about trying this out? How about spending 90% of your time thanking God and praising God and only spending 10% of your time asking him for things? Why not practice that? That would be a good way to start to change your thinking and to be aware and feed yourself, thanking God, thanking God, praising him for who he is, praising him for his greatness, thanking him, acknowledging that he's in charge of your life. Um, Cultivate a thankful heart. That's what we've been learning uh, from Colossians, is cultivating the thankful heart. Use declarations. So I, I, I invite you, use some declarations. Get some of your favorite Bible verses and then personalize them to you. Change it so it's in, your, in the person tense, okay? And then speak it out loud. Go to the back of your house or wherever you can go and just speak it out loud and declare this truth over yourself. Practice testimonies. Practice talking to somebody that you know and giving a testimony of what God has done for you. Now, and... Do not think that anything is too little to be thankful about, okay? You don't have to have the big things, you know, oh, you know, God healed me today, you know. No, it could be God was with me today. I didn't know what to say in this situation. God was with me. Isn't that wonderful? And then your friend can can acknowledge that. So practice testimonies and come up to the front sometimes and bring testimonies at the front of church to encourage everybody else. Allow your your mind to be renewed. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind. And be prepared to clear away unbelief and fear and to say, no, no. It's a bit like my my lion brother here. It's saying in your mind as well, it's saying, no, no. I will not think about that. I will not think about it. You have to really work at this. I will not think about that. I will think about God's word here. I will not go down this route of fear. God's in control, okay? And it is, it is something that you need to sort of cultivate and grow in. Okay. Let's just pray and we'll, we'll, we'll settle this before God. If you feel, well, I'm sure that God has been speaking something to you because you prayed the prayer at the beginning. If you prayed that prayer at the beginning, Holy Spirit, would you reveal something to me? Would you bring some truth to me? Then God will have honored that prayer and he would have said something to you. So what we're going to do is just going to just be quiet for a moment. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to, to just show us what is it that he has shown us this morning.
What things do we have to let go of? What things are we going to hold on to? Okay? What things is he going to change in you? What things are you going to allow him to change in you?